Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, um, my godson... Card McGuckin, who's a you know world class um, baritone, and uh, was also in his football days a tremendous fist fighter. Mm-hmm. He calls me Larry David, and uh, you know he used to come out and about with me around the city and that, but he he he, he doesn't anymore. But yesterday, walking through Dublin. This this could only happen to me. So I'm um, walking along after court. I'm involved in the... Um, I have the privilege of representing ten of the families in the Stardust Inquest, which was a terrible inferno in a nightclub called the Stardust on Valentine's Day, 1981. And uh, 48 young people were burned to death and over 200 were very severely disfigured and maimed and, uh, I mean the place was a death trap and uh, it's taken until now for them to get uh, a proper fair well run inquest you know, to be treated with respect very like bloody Sunday or Hillsborough anyway I'm, I'm uh, walking away after that in a world of my own walking down O'Connell Street and then across I'm walking towards Harcourt Street and I see a, a priest, a relatively young priest, <laughs> walking towards me wearing earphones. And I could see that he was talking, so I assumed he was on the phone. Not, I would, you know, say hello to a priest, you know, sort of begging. And uh, as he's walking past me, he says, <laughs> out loud, there's that cunt Joe Brawley. <laughs> 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 so, so this woman who was walking along beside me as who knew I was obviously she, she just looked at me, I was like I looked at her, I was like what the fuck and we both burst out laughing Honestly, I was wheezing with laughter. As he just, as he walked, and he, did, he didn't know, no uh, qualification, no uh, just clarification. No, I assumed he was on the phone. He, was, he, he, was, he must have been. Maybe he was on the phone. Maybe he was talking to his bishop. There's that. 
something to probably say so. After about half a minute, you know, and I said, to her, what the hell? And she says, what the hell? Like, it was just so bizarre from a priest, a man of the cloth. So, so I, I got myself together and strolled on and just, I spent the evening smiling again, but also, you know, and I told I told the glamorous brunette that night. She said, "God," she said, "You know, I mean, it's so odd." You know, she said, "I wonder." She said, "I, w- I wonder, was he a stripogram on his way to I thought she didn't look like a stripogram. And was he? He was a young uh, priest. Youngish, he was in his forties. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so this morning, myself and the glamorous brunette before she she was heading off to work. In Galway, you see, and she was heading off in the train. So we were having a coffee this morning in the Ivy beside the Lewis. And I think to myself, oh, while we're having coffee, while we've ordered it, I'll go out and get my Lewis ticket, you see. So, and who do I spy? <laughs> <laughs> who do I spy? <laughs> but, but the priest. The cunt, okay. the cunt. So anyway, as I would, which I would have done the previous day, except it was yeah. so, you know, it was overwhelming. So I make a beeline for him across of the street. Of course you do. And he's, walk, he's wearing the same headphones. He sees me coming, you can see him thinking, oh, fuck. And I said, Father, how are you? And I stood, you know, I sort of put a ha- my hand on his right elbow and I said, I couldn't help but overhear you yesterday calling me a cunt. <laughs> And he said, he said, he said, oh, he said, oh, Jesus, oh, no, I, I didn't mean that at all. I said, I said, I, I, mean, did, I did wonder about that, Father. What did you mean? He said, oh, he said it was a term of, of, of endearment. <laughs> and I said to him, I said to him, I said, it, it, it's, a, it's a very unusual term of endearment, Father. And, uh, you know, wh- what do you mean by that? And you could just see him thinking, oh, fuck me. So I sort of let him off the hook and say, oh, absolutely no problem, Father. Which, of course, I did. I said, of course, Father. Look, I, 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 look, I, 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 I knew it must have been met in that spirit. And you could just see the poor man thinking, oh, my fucking Jesus. It's an unusual Get. term of endearment. I asked him his name. I asked yeah. him his parish. His I, rank. I wished, I wished him good luck. In his ministry, and 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 I I I I told him that it would remain, it would remain our secret, which is why I haven't given any details that might reveal really who it is. is. But that that would not be atypical for me. But it is to have the, unusual encounters like that. No, but and to be, are to be called a cunt on the street. Well. Not usually by a priest. priest. No, no, that's yeah. what made this exceptional. And not really. No. I mean, I, I remember once Declan Mullins' father's funeral, and Dec, Dec lives in Meath, mm. and we went up. It was the night before an All Ireland football final. Myself and Terry Jennings went into the wake house, and the place was packed. Declan's father was a very, very popular man, you know, as is Declan. For me, Declan said, Look, you know, um, come back, you know, go down to I can't remember the name of the pub, it's like a grocer's bar, it's a famous, famous bar in Old Castle. And myself and Terry made our way, it was a lovely, sort of, you know, September evening, beautiful, beautiful evening. 
And as we were walking along, all, we, all of a sudden we, we heard this woman screaming, help, 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 help. And, and there was a man, an elderly man on the footpath. And he was obviously in distress and she was giving him chest compressions, and squealing for help, you see. And me and Terry went running towards the area, you know, and just at that point an ambulance that had obviously been called came past us and the ambulance came past and it sort of turned right in front of us and I could see the driver of the ambulance looking at me and I thought he was going to wave, you know. And the window came down as the ambulance was in. He goes, Brother, you fucking wanker, I'd love to break your fucking jaw. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, and like two children, the two of us turned and ran. We turned and ran out a wee side street. Fuck me. Welcome, welcome to my world. But I don't think you, uh, I think you have a way of um, disarming people if in, in, in person, even if they do start with the, there's Broly, the, there's Joe Broly, the cunt, if that's their starting position. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't normally, you no. wouldn't normally get. Uh, especially from a priest. No. And it says a lot about how the priesthood has yeah. changed. Yeah, that, that's I think it's probably a good sign of, of, yeah. of, of, of you know, it's a, it's a sign of modern modernization, <laughs> long, long overdue modernization. Do you know what I I uh, thought of there now when you when you said when you saw him again, and you went and you sort of narrowed the angles. Uh, <clears throat> I was thinking of I, we haven't seen each other in in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks, and it was a uh, picture I wanted to talk to you about, but also just the. Joe Biden visit, but there is a picture that I think you 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 was among those you tweeted. You sent it to me anyway, uh, of you with your your hand on Joe Biden's arm, and to me, it's a. I think a few people you did tweet it because a few people replied saying that's a, you know it's like you're marking him in a in a, in a match. Like it was it was a, it was a firm grip, and it, it told told spoke to me of. A kind of a very warm relationship you have, uh, an affection you have for him. Does that be right? Yeah, he's. Well, I I got to know him um, well and spent time with him between his vice presidency and presidency, and he uh, dug the sod on the Mayo Hospice, which kickstarted that, and. Uh, I mean, it was the glamorous brunette, really, who engineered this whole Irish visit and, you know, toured him around his home place in Mayo after he was the vice president. And we developed a very close relationship and uh, a very close relationship with Jimmy, Joe's brother. And I've spent time out there and uh, I've become very fond of him. I mean, the centrepiece of his visit was to come back to the hospice. And in a way, that was the full circle because he dug the sod. Then we, at the spot where he dug the sod, we had a plaque dedicated to his son, Bobay, mm. who died in hospice. And when the family returned, you know, they came to the hospice and you know it was a thrilling example of American power as well you know there were 15 armoured SUVs mm. you know he comes into this I'll talk a bit about that later but 
he comes into the hospice and we had just lost a patient that morning. So there, it's a state-of-the-art hospice at Mayo. Joe assisted us with fundraising mm. and was always there to help, you know, anything that was required. I mean, 10 million was required to be raised. That was raised. It's debt-free. And he came into the hospice and, you know, there's something, there's an enormity with it as well when the president of the United States, particularly, you know, someone who's conscientious and empathetic, you know. I mean, not the previous guy. I mean, I was talking to one of the Secret Service guys and he said, oh, it was great when he was the president. You know, because all he did when he came here was play golf. <laughs> we, didn't have, we didn't have to do anything. He didn't beat anybody. He didn't go anywhere. You know, he just wanted to know what the numbers were in the golf shop in, in, in the Dunbeg Hotel, you know. Get me those numbers. I want those numbers. And then back to watch Fox News and eat yeah. hamburgers. Yeah, but so he came in to the hospice where there was no press apart from the White House photographer. And... They had just lost a patient. So we have 14 end-of-life patients there. There are 14 beds. And we have small gardens outside, which we built into the design because we had heard from other hospices that patients at their end-of-life, many of them want to go out and feel the rain on their face for the last time. You know. Hmm. Feel the sun on their face. And uh, so we had lost a patient that morning. And the nurses, only one or two of them were selected to meet the president out in the main foyer. And they said to me, look, you know, we, uh, the patients would love to see him, to spend some time with him. And that hadn't been on the agenda. But, you know, Joe's always three, four, five hours late because he speaks mm -hmm. to everyone, mm -hmm. whether it's the janitor or whether it's, you know, the president. And so I said to... The president, Mr. President, we've got um, 13 patients and they would, um, you know, I think it would give them a huge lift to see, you know, at this time. So he said, yeah, sure, man. He said, look, he just, you know, what he says goes, no matter what's been arranged before that. So himself and Hunter uh, and Val, his sister, went with the nurses. Now, we weren't there for that part of it, but he spent an hour with them and uh, he embraced them all. You know, hugged them and uh, spoke with all of them. And uh, when the uh, palliative care consultant came back to us, you know, she said to me, you know, it was spent an hour with them. Mm. She said it was incredibly moving. You know, she said it was the most moving thing I've ever seen. You know, their their faces when the president of America came in uh, to meet them all and speak to them so tenderly. And, uh, and, you know, when he came out, the tears were rolling down his face. Because, mm. you know, our patients would have, they come in with sort of between three and six weeks of life left to live. Mm. And uh, it was a very, you know, an unspeakably tender and beautiful moment. And, and that's Joe. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's what we know of him. And it is, a, it's good, and it, that comes from do you think that comes from the tragedy he's had in his own life because he's had so much you know well you know before Bo obviously there was yeah. the the car crash and uh, lost his wife lost and his child. Wife, wife and child and yeah it because it, it is the kind of well I think he's it, he's um my grandmother would have said he's well reared mm. you know he uh 
I mean, his mother famously refused to sleep when she was when she was up at um, Stormont Castle. She refused to sleep in the bed that the Queen had slept in. <laughs> 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 and uh, whenever Joe was the vice president and he was meeting the Queen, uh, the one of his aides handed him the mobile phone just as he was going in. It was mother. She said, "Joy, if you bow to that woman, you'll never darken my door again." Mm-hmm. And uh, and he says, just like he, he had to sort of sort of flicker his eyes in a certain direction in a pretense of. But that's sort of jokey stuff. But he he um, clearly you know comes from a base of empathy and you know a genuine understanding of what it's like to live in the real world. You know, but he, it, wasn't, but he wasn't a rich person. He yeah. wasn't, you know, he wasn't one of the Harvard elite. You know, he came through as a person of decency and honour, and that's how he ended up getting the nomination and even the respect of the the rightest of right wing Republicans. Because, as uh, Lindsey Graham said, you got to be a corpse to not like Joe Biden. Mm. But you know, you talk about the real world, and I guess tragedy is one of those things that actually brings you into the real world more than anything, because you you learn. That there's no avoiding the the darkest things, no matter what. So, like it has, and clearly, as you say, he was brought up in a, a certain way. But it's it's it is that 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 kind of gives him that empathy, isn't well, it? Well, you think of his son Hunter. Mm. You know, who suffered terribly from addiction. You know, who's been you know humiliated so publicly, and and has. You know, through his addiction and his behaviours, humili- humiliated himself so publicly. You know, photographs doing the rounds of him with a co- crack cocaine pipe, you know, in a terrible condition. Bed, you know, that sort of, you know, plumbing the depths that a human being could, could plumb. And, you know, throughout all of that, throughout all of the what would be seen conventionally as terrible choices in life and reckless choices. You know, his father has said, look, this is my son and I love him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he will, you know, he will come under my protection no matter what. And it was, I thought again, very, very poignant to see that he traveled with his dad here, that he's clean of drugs mm-hmm. That that he's steady and stable, and you know to see that the president of America, you know, with all the world's focus on him, isn't going to say, "Look, I'm disowning my son. He's a fucking drug addict. He's mm-hmm. a fucking nightmare in every way. He has brought only humiliation and embarrassment on me." No, not at all. Just say, "I love my son." Mm-hmm. Sincerely, I love my son, and he has my protection and love and respect, you know. And that, I think, is a good way to 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 understand Joe. Because there's another side, which is that he's a completely political animal. Like, from day one, he was the youngest senator. You know, he's never been out of Washington a day. Mm. You know, that absorbs, that can obliterate a lot of the other parts of your life, and has done. No doubt, but uh, his loyalty is uh, unquestioning. You know, and and <laughs> he's very uh, down to earth. I mean, you, you should see how the glamorous brunette treats him. It's just like 
So we were out we were out to see him earlier on in the year in Washington. And as soon as he came in to the the room, you know, he always embraces her and she then got a good hold of him and said, No, I've got a list of jobs for you when you come to Ireland <laughs> and he's trying he's trying not to laugh and he says to his ears, Oh you you better write this down, guys and she <laughs> rhymes off the list and right. visit to the hospice where he's to go where he's gonna speak. <laughs> I mean and I am you know, what do you do? Like at the banquet in Dublin Castle when he arrived mm. in Ireland, so he'd 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 been in Louth and he then came to Dublin Castle on the Thursday night and we were sitting at the table next to the presidents. And, you know, it's a very select audience. I mean, there were maybe 70 people there, you know. Um, Declan Hannan, you know, the great Limerick hurling captain, you know, said yeah, to me, yeah. he says to me, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. <laughs> I said, well, you know, it might be that you're the captain of one of the greatest hurling teams that ever played the game. You know, so there were people, yeah. our sort of top people from the world of sport, you know, um, leaders. Uh, but it was really very select. So after the starters, anyway, Joe came over and he sits down beside us. Loretta's beckoning him, come over, come over. And he's like, me? That's not a joke. And he sits down, there's no point. The chair's pushed in, the Secret Service all sort of shuffle over. And he says, you know, I says, Loretta, he says, you guys have got to come to knock on Air Force One with us tomorrow. And she said to him, I can't. I have to get my hair done in Foxford at 11 o'clock. <laughs> And what did he say? He just shot me a, you know, you've got to be kidding, look. And I said, no. Next morning, 5 to 11. <laughs> First of all, I had to drive home from Dublin, 12 o'clock at night, arrive over 3 in the morning at Knockmore. Next morning, I'm dropping her off at Sharon's Salon in yeah. Foxford. And, uh, Were you thinking I could be on Air Force One? No, no man can come between a woman and her hair, not even the world's most powerful. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And what is the uh, that the the the, the, the structure around them? That all you know, you talk about the Secret Service, all that stuff. Because it's an extraordinary. I landed, 
I, I landed in Dublin the day he was on a flight the day he was speaking at the Dáil and you know I just saw yeah. in the cordoned off area of Dublin Airport the Air Force One and the three kind of mini Air Force Ones that give you a sense of the of the of the circus and the and the kind yeah. of carnival that comes well, with it. Va- I mean, it's they would have, they were in Ireland for several months. Mm. Uh, I'll give you a snapshot, which is the best way to describe it. I think that the last assassination attempt on an American president was Ronald Reagan when he was shot from above. Mm. I think he was leaving a hotel and he was shot from a, a room high up in the hotel and uh, fortunately survived. Honey, I forgot to duck, as he said to Nancy Reagan. Yeah. I mean, he was a genial chump, but he was funny. Yeah. Uh, and he was also, you know, he was an inveterate fantasist, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. I mean, he used to say that he'd been there at the liberation of the Nazi death camps in Poland, and he never left. Yeah. He never left Texas. You know, he was in the he was in the propaganda wing, mm. you know, shooting these films, you know, to inspire young men to go and give their lives. Anyway, a good way to describe <coughs> it is on the morning of his speech in Balaná, I had to pick up something and I drove in and I got out to talk to a couple of guards who I knew at the cordon at the River Moy. And as we were chatting, shooting the breeze, the place was all locked off around the cathedral, three frogmen just silently bubbled up out of the River Moy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the guard says to me, fuck me, you'd think they were in a bond machine. <laughs> You know, the difference between our boys and theirs. Yeah. Like there were, there was a young, there was a Secret Service guy there, Webster, who said to me, saying like, there's snipers everywhere. There are between 50 and 100 unmanned drones in the sky, observing everything here, being operated from the States. Um, loaded up with the sort of tech that you would normally fight in sci-fi movies. And, uh, People were wandering in and out of town as normal, oblivious that this sort of tranquil village was temporarily transformed into the world's most sophisticated kill zone. Yeah. Webster said to me, let's just say, sir, you wouldn't want to be pulling a gun here today. And uh, and that, the moment he's gone, has gone, it's just pull yeah. up stumps, everybody's gone, you're gone, and you don't see any of it. You, apart yeah. from the physical barricades, etc., you don't see any of it. But um, you do feel this. Uh, and like they take over, mm. you know, they they completely take over. I mean, the guards, everyone there is completely subservient to what's going on. But it and is, you feel, you feel, <laughs> except there's just the temptation when you're coming towards them to raise your hands in the air, like, no, fuck, fuck, don't be fucking shooting, lads. You know? Yeah. I know, but it is an amazing thing. Like I was watching the, his his speech in Balaná, and that sense of show business that, and and our our commitment to to the event that you know Biden has, or American politicians probably have, compared to like British or Irish politicians, in the sense of like he's he he came out there. I was watching it on television, and like Liv Radker made a speech introducing him. And Leo Varadkar has made, you know, occasionally he can make a good speech. This wasn't one of them. It was like he was kind of closing, making the closing remarks at a kind of... He lacks charisma. A kind of county council meeting, you know. Yeah, and you can see that there's, there's you know, um, uh, the president 
in my, you know, t- time observing them together would be much more comfortable with Michal, who's a much more relaxed mm. social being, you know, much, yeah, yeah. much more relaxed in his own skin and, 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 and speaks the same sort of language, you know. Yeah. Leo is, I would say I'm fond of Leo and, uh, you know, I'm 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 very fond of his husband, but he he, he is awkward socially. Yeah, well, that's but I think and that's kind of the one thing that's kind of endear not the one thing, but that's kind of an endearing quality that he can't he he hasn't he hasn't learned any of the uh, yeah. what you would think are the kind of gifts he's soci- required. He's, as he's a socially gauche. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, you know, as evidenced by his remark. About Bill Clinton's interns, I yeah. mean, <laughs> which I mean, fuck me, like, you know, <laughs> Bill may well have ejaculated over one of his interns, but you know, it's not. Don't, don't it's bring not, it up. You know, it's not polite to mention it. You know, when his wife's in the audience, and uh, but no, but when Biden came out, that that because I was watching on an RTE, and Leo went off the stage, and Miriam McCallaghan was wondering, like, where is Joe Biden? Like, why hasn't he just come out? Because Leo finished it with kind of, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, you know, they introduced Joe Biden. And then there was silence. And I was like, you don't get it. Like, you don't, the Rolling Stones don't walk out the minute the support well, band Well, he wasn't finished. there yet. No, but he also, he, they also understand how to build up an occasion. And then he walks yeah. out like a performer See, rather than uh, I, a guy addressing I, I, I think the that, county council. I think that we're very, very, very fortunate to be Irish. Mm. You know, wherever we go in the world, you know, we're, we're welcomed and, you know, wherever we are in the world, I think that we feel very contented to be Irish, you know. Mm. Um, and you see the opposite of that with the English you know, it's 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 almost a stigma in the world. I mean, and you look at the way Joe was treated mm. when it was proposed that he would visit the North. Mm. So he didn't address the Stormont Assembly because there were real concerns that he would be heckled. You know, he didn't, he wasn't embraced at all by the establishment. I mean, the UK government really wanted to get this over and done with. Well, they wanted and him to make a visit to uh, yeah, well, he England. Wa- he, wa- he wanted to visit, to, to sort of, to, to put his seal on the Good Friday Agreement mm. 25th anniversary celebrations, which is largely a symbolic act. Um, but you can see the huge difference. You know, he comes to Ireland and he feels at home. People feel at home with him. And also the thing that I notice, you know, I travelled with the party for most of the time. And obviously I've known him now for uh, since 2015. That there are no barriers between him and the people. So that whenever he went out to Ennis House and he met all the Ballina community cleanup crew, you know, all the mm-hmm. guys and girls who are out every day cleaning up the town, painting the, the elderly people's houses, doing their gardens, you know, the massive amount of work that's been done. He meets them all as though he was meeting heads of state, but yeah. they all chat to him and tell him the crack, you know, and everybody's happy to tell him funny stories and he enjoys all of that. Like, so when he went to see the Monsignor mm. in Nock, who's a sort of a rock star priest, don't know if you've ever met the Monsignor in Nock, but he's really straight out of Father Ted Euro song, <laughs> Father Dick Byrne. So when he met him, um, Hunter was able to remember the name of the priest who'd administered the last rites yeah. to Bo Biden. 
And the Monsignor said, oh my God, he, he only lives 10 miles from here. I'll give him a call. He gave him a call and he came. The Biden family were so delighted to spend three quarters of an hour with him and talk to him about, you know, his memories of it all. And Joe goes away from Ireland feeling that he's one of us. Yeah. You know, and we feel I think we feel that he's one of one of ours. And I cannot overestimate the importance of the hospice because his endorsement of what we were doing, you know, building a hospice from scratch, a state of the art hospice from scratch, on voluntary donations from major donors, because our thirty nurses are thirty peripatetic nurses, twenty four seven going all over these two counties, Roscommon and Mayo, to elderly farmers who are living alone, dying of cancer. Mm. You know, that's funded by our normal everyday donations and shops. So this was a huge enterprise for the CEO. Uh, Martina Jennings to take on and no better woman and with Joe's imprimatur on that and then the fact that it's such a, a haven it's a free service it's a haven for people when they're at their most vulnerable mm. no questions are asked finances neither here nor there these people come and they're treated in this place of love and sanctuary you know in their last days with respect and dignity and and so Joe's association with that makes Joe a saint in Mayo, mm. and obviously you know Mayo for Sam. Yeah, <laughs> the conspiracy theories about it that. His, it was his only wrong step. <laughs> Do you think it's you think he's he's they've got well, you you think Mayo are going to win win the Sam Sam no. this year? Don't you? No. Do you not? Um, you need to have the stuff, and yeah. it's a worry about having against risk. I sounded like someone there who'd never actually, I you know, knew even less about Gaelic football than I do. And I said, "You, you think Mayo mm. are going to win the now Sam?" You, you, you do know, you do know that it's three points for a goal. Yeah, yeah, I had to explain that to one. I had to explain that to one of the camera women in really? the Sunday game once. I just, I just, rec I just realised she was saying, she went, "Yeah, you know, she, she, she got confused about who was ahead." And I said, "I won't tell, I won't tell your name, but bang on." I said. How many how many points are there for a goal in in Gaelic football? And she went, I know this. It's five. <laughs> now you 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 do, you, do, you do know that it's three. I do know. It's I'll have to I'll have to tell you this story because it's sort of it's a delightful it's a delightful finale to the presidential visit. So in Ballina, obviously, it was an electrifying atmosphere. Thirty thousand people. The guards had booked out the Manor Hotel. Because they'd been on duty for a week, were exhausted, you know, twenty four seven, and as soon as Joe left the stage, you could actually see them jogging to the sta <laughs> towards the station to to check their guns in. You see, yeah. and and then they're straight down to the Manor Hotel, which they'd booked out, and it was like Russian Cossacks, you know, after sort of sacking the sacking the castle, and uh, I left at one o'clock. And I got a lift with the hospice CEO, mm. Martini, who was who was leaving at that point in time. But the glamorous brunette refused to go. You see, she was there with Audrey, her her her, her famous friend. You know, he's become a cult, the cult mm. hero that nobody knows. And they were there when I was leaving. You know, they were unbuttoning the shirt of the senior Garda in the whole um, Connacht region, who was trying trying to keep a straight face as they were they took his tie then they were taking his buttons down this would be very common 
thing. Anyway, uh, I left and at five o'clock in the morning, there were no taxis, obviously. The place was dead and they, she flagged down and articulated, Laurie, this is not unusual. You know, in Dublin one night, she got us a lift home with the, the bemused crew of a bin lorry. It's absolutely true. Yeah, she says, love, this is a bin lorry. She says, yeah, but you're not doing anything else. Push over there. And the next thing, there we are, sitting in the middle of the bin lorry, on our way out to Ranla. Aren't you a fine young fellow? Anyway, so whenever they get into the articulated lorry, luckily Audrey was with her and taped the journey home and uh, then sent me oh, the, really? the video of it. And it went something along these lines. Now, are you a serial killer? <laughs> the poor fellow said, no, I'm just driving to Charlestown. You're not going to cut us into pieces and put us in the freezer unit? No, no. <laughs> my favourite bit was, I have a lovely pair of high heels in my bag and I'm going to give them a token of my gratitude. He says, no, I don't need them. She says, well, I'm disappointed to hear that, John. A handsome buck like yourself and no woman. <laughs> At five o'clock in the morning... I was wakened. She came into the bedroom, put the lights on. I said, what are you doing? She says, I'm trying to find the prayer beads blessed by Bishop Kevin. Her cousin, Bishop Kevin Sweeney, is the Bishop of Patterson, New Jersey. I said, why? She says, stop annoying me. This would be a very normal review. She went outside. I followed her to the door. And there's this huge articulated lorry on the Knockmore Road, just up from the clubhouse. Mm. Hazards on. And this... Bewildered lorry driver waiting for this. She hands him the beads and she said to me, Will he give me a lift home? It's the least I could do. And he'll, and, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll remember that. President Biden is fond of saying there are only two types of people in the world the Irish and those who wish they were Irish. Thanks, Joe. And oh, one more thing Mail for Sam! Mail for Sam! Take me home. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.